Chapter Twenty Three of Doxy Dent by John Ackworth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Emigrant's Return. Late on that same Saturday evening, Andrew arrived in the village and almost immediately sought Doxy out at her aunt's. The look of proud, happy love with which she received him dispelled at once any lingering doubt he might have as to her feelings towards him and he was soon deep in the story of his recent struggles and the victory which at length had crowned his efforts doxy noted that though he looked bright and happy whilst he was talking yet when his face was at rest it had a worn and jaded look upon it telling only too clearly how much he had suffered he seemed dispirited also and though he was still as keen as ever in his sympathies he spoke somewhat bitterly of the motives and methods of some of his fellow secretaries and presently told her that he had resolved to resign his appointment and accept the situation offered him from manchester if it was still open next day to her surprise he presented himself at chapel sitting in the barber's family pew between his parents both of whom had proud and contented looks on their faces after a few happy never to be forgotten days in which she grew to understand and admire her unselfish and high-minded lover as she had never done before andrew left for manchester after having extracted from her a promise of an early marriage when he had gone to his new employment and things resumed their ordinary humdrum manner doxy began to fret about her estrangement from her uncle that was the only thing which spoilt the sweet happiness she was now enjoying and she racked her brain again and again to try to contrive some means of reconciliation but so far jabe was uncompromisingly obdurate he had never been to her aunt's cottage since doxy had returned to it and twice when she had met him in the road he had pursed out his lips cocked his chin in the air and passed her by without speaking there was one sign however which he was fain to think was hopeful for several days now he had commenced to abuse her to aunt judy whenever that worthy dame went to the clog shop and doxy knew him well enough to be assured that this was a certain sign of his relenting still as the days passed into weeks and no reconciliation was made she began to feel exceedingly uneasy and sad and when at last she wrote and told andrew how it was troubling her he replied in terms of such respect for her uncle and made such flattering statements about his faith in her own powers of persuasion if only she would exercise them that she felt absolutely compelled to try to adopt some means of getting back into her uncle's heart meanwhile the old clogger was suffering prolonged torture when his first wrath had subsided it might have been comparatively easy for doxy to have effected a reconciliation but just then she was absorbed in the anxieties connected with andrew therefore the opportunity slipped by and when she was at leisure to think of it again it appeared much more difficult to accomplish and so the matter hung still in the balances jabe however was having a very bad time of it with himself and his friends sam speck was indignant and allowed no opportunity to pass of expressing his very pronounced views lige and jethro shook their heads and sighed whenever the subject was mentioned moralising vaguely about people who made rods for their own backs it was clear to all that the clogger was suffering and those who came in contact with him found him distressingly surly one sunday afternoon the super 
who missed Doxy's bright presence in the house, fidgeted about uneasily for a time, and then opened out upon Jabe, sternly telling him that his conduct was utterly unworthy of a man of his age and position. Jabe was obstinately silent after that, and so the good minister, to complete his reproof, went out and had tea with Doxy at Aunt Judy's. To make matters worse, the clogger was compelled to hear the truth with respect to Andrew, and as the details were laid before him, and the whole case was explained, though he still denounced him as an impudent young upstart, he was feeling in his own breast that he was unjust, and that the young man's conduct was such as ought to have elicited his unstinting praise. But Long Ben was his worst trial. That worthy seemed now, as elated about Andrew's deeds, as before he had been distressed, and Jabe could scarcely bear himself when he saw his old friend sitting quietly in the ingle-nook, listening with ridiculous complacency to the recommendations which were constantly being uttered about his brilliant son. One night, after he had delivered himself of an unusually fierce denunciation of women, especially young ones, the clogger received the worst blow he had as yet sustained, when Ben suddenly rose to go home, and turning to his friend, and surveying him with reproachful indignation, said, "'Mon, I'm shawmed for thee.' How much he missed his merry niece in those sad days, nobody but Jabe will ever know, and as day after day passed, and no change came about, he felt a sulky resentment towards Doxy, because she had not made some more decided effort to come to terms with him. The whole thing worried him so much that he began to think it would make him ill, and as he sat over his lonely tea one afternoon, a few weeks after Andrew had departed for Manchester, he almost convinced himself that he was ill. Then he began to pity himself as a deserted and suffering mortal, and wondered what Doxy would do if she heard that he had taken to his bed. He was sure what she would do, and he heartily wished for the moment that he might be sick, and tears came into his eyes as he pictured her bursting into the house and coming upstairs to him the moment she was told. He was just wiping his tears away and calling himself the soft owd numyed when he thought he heard a low knock at the door. He held his breath and listened, and then started violently as the knock was repeated. He stared at the door as if he were afraid of it, and before he could get out, the come in, he was preparing, the door opened a little way, and there, framed between the edge of the door and the post, was the bright, though now wistful face he loved so much to look upon. The emotion of the moment was too great for him. The cup he held in his hand fell to the ground, and the next moment, more from terror of revealing himself and his well-nigh uncontrollable feelings, than from any desire to avoid her, he rose hastily to his feet and limped off into the shop. He waited there for several minutes, anxiously expecting Doxy to follow him, and when she did not, he grew terribly alarmed, and going back into the parlour, felt like dropping through the floor as he discovered that she had taken his action in the wrong light and had gone. Jabe dropped into his chair and felt as though he would have liked to cry again but the feelings that had been aroused were now no longer to be kept down, and he knew there was nothing for it but to take the earliest possible means of getting his niece back into her old place. But next day, whilst he was still trying to screw up his courage to make an attempt at reconciliation, 
something occurred which upset all his plans and made him feel that the opportunity was probably gone for ever and that he was to be punished for his hard-heartedness in the worst possible form that punishment could take for the first thing he heard as he entered the shop was that thomas dent had come back from australia with an immense fortune yes doxy had not retreated from her attack upon her uncle because she was discouraged by the way he received her but because her attention was suddenly and most completely diverted for just as she was on the point of stepping into her uncle's house she heard herself called and turning timidly round saw her aunt hastening towards her waving a piece of paper in her hand and beckoning her to make haste in a moment she was reading a telegram informing them that her father had landed in liverpool and would be with them that very night everything else was forgotten and though she gave more than one sad little thought to her uncle doxy was so excited that she could think clearly of nothing a trap was hired and she and her mother got into it and in a few moments were driving as fast as they could go to meet the train at duxbury the women gave thomas dent a reception that would have satisfied the hungriest heart and before he had been long in the village late though it was the greater part of the inhabitants had heard the wonderful news of the emigrant's return jabe as we have already shown did not learn the new tidings until next morning and before he could digest the fact his brother-in-law walked into the shop followed almost immediately by a little knot of curious villagers as our readers are already aware jabe bore his relative no good will but whatever his prejudices they were immediately deepened by the man's appearance and airs he looked brown and hard and older than jabe had expected but his manner was rough and bouncing and his dress loud and vulgar he wore a velvet waistcoat and a gorgeous smoking cap small earrings were in his ears and large studs in his expansive shirt front whilst heavy rings adorned his fingers and a huge cigar with massive mouthpiece was stuck jauntily in his mouth he greeted the clogger with patronising familiarity and made a silly joke about the fact that he was still a bachelor then he squatted down upon one of the stools spread out his long legs and was soon regaling the open-mouthed occupants of the inglenook seats with marvellous stories of his adventures and the immense fortunes to be picked up at the antipodes the clogger never had harder work to be civil to anyone in his life and thomas must have noticed the fact for he soon turned his back upon the master of the shop and devoted his attention to more encouraging company left thus to himself the clogger felt his heart sink within him he could not get rid of a conviction that somehow the coming of thomas boded ill to himself and his regrets for the occurrences of the day before were intensified as he realised that perhaps this unexpected return would separate him for ever from his still beloved niece and had he known that doxy had already told her father about the strained relations now existing between her uncle and herself and that he had expressed himself as rather glad of it than otherwise he would have been more miserable still for several days nothing was talked of in the village but thomas dent and the great fortune he had got in australia and thomas revelling in most unusual yet very acceptable popularity used language of vague vastness about his financial position spoke of the mill-owner with patronising contempt and seemed very curious about the price of estates in the neighbourhood 
all of which, when repeated in Jabe's ears, drew from him language which it would be an injustice to him to print. The poor clogger was almost beside himself. What, with Thomas displacing him in Dox's heart, and the bold Andrew turning up from Manchester every other weekend, it seemed that Doxy had forgotten him, and that he was being punished for this last cruelty of his towards her, as he acknowledged, in his extreme depression, he richly deserved. The days dragged wearily by, and Jabe grew hungry for reconciliation with an intensity that was telling upon him, and reducing his never very abundant flesh. He got a grain of comfort one day out of a piece of information that Sam brought him, to the effect that Andrew was said to dislike Thomas Dent as much as he did himself. But any little consolation he thus obtained was immediately quenched by another item of intelligence which came the very same day, namely, that Dox's father was not going to settle in England after all, but that he was already arranging to return, and take his wife and daughter with him. End of chapter 23